Welcome to the Creators Are Brands podcast. I am your host, Tom Boyd. This is the show that discovers how creators are building businesses online. And I'm talking about solo creators, creators with small teams, independent creators that are building these businesses that support the lifestyle that they seek to have. And today, we talk to a creator who has built a multi-million dollar business with her smartphone. Her name is Kat Norton, and you might know her online as Miss Excel. I feel like she's been popping up every Everywhere, including Forbes, The Verge, and Business Insider. So I was thrilled to have this conversation and learn more about her creative process, how she's built her business, so we can apply her insights to whatever it is that we're building. On the surface, she teaches Microsoft Excel on TikTok, but as you'll hear in this conversation, there's much more that goes into it. In this episode, we discuss her process for creating short form content, how she makes her content creation process streamlined and efficient, why her content works so well on TikTok, what she uses to edit her content, why being an entrepreneur doesn't have to be that hard or so hard as we make it out to be, why she didn't wait for instructions and just got scrappy instead, how she makes money and what her business breakdown is, her process for creating her courses, how she sees creating courses as an art form, and how her courses have have attracted over 10,000 students. This is one of my favorite creator stories. It's one of those episodes that had me so inspired that I almost stopped editing the podcast because I just wanted to start building something epic. <laughs> Obviously, this podcast is something epic, so I just kept editing. I hope you enjoy this show as much as I do, and if that's the case, please share it to a friend, like, subscribe, and all the things, and I'll stop blabbing so we can get into the show with Kat Norton. If you're at a barbecue, someone comes up to you and they say, what do you do? How do you respond? <laughs> <laughs> How do you respond? And, and imagine you want to talk to this person. You want to give yeah. them the whole spiel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually the way it comes out, depending on who it is, right? You got to kind of know your audience. But normally I say I teach Microsoft Excel on TikTok. And that's always kind of like a conversation starter because <laughs> it's like two things that you would not normally picture merging together. So immediately yeah. that always kind of starts a conversation. Yeah. And, and then so let, let's get right into it. You've excelled at creating short form content in a fun way around something that most people would seem as mundane. So for, for and just for anyone listening, the, the structure of this this podcast, we're going to talk about the short form content. Then we're going to go into how she thinks about creating her course and how she gets sales and then a little bit about the money mindset. But first, how do you've seen to do short form content in your own way. And uh, so how do you approach it? Like what is your process for making a video? How do you think of short form content as a whole? Yeah, so I have a little little process with it. So what I do normally first. You have first, a process. Oh yeah, there's, there's okay. process. Okay. I've been fine okay. tuning okay. really. And it's a lot of it's like batch creating to just save time. because so I've been really trying to look at ways to make the content creation process most streamlined and efficient and most able to create viral content. So what I usually do is I'll have kind of separate days for each of the different phases. So the first day of the phase is where I will get into a creative flow state. So I've spent a lot of time kind of reverse engineering myself and trying to figure out how I get into this flow state. And for me, I've really learned that it's leaving that time for me to be able to be creative. Like for example, in corporate in the past, it would be like block 30 minutes on your calendar for a brainstorming session. And like, I just came off all these other meetings and I'm not in a creative flow state. I'm not tapped into the right side of my brain. I'm in the left analytical side. So it's not as easy to get these viral ideas. So for me, I spend a lot of time getting into that flow state, whether it's first meditating, going out for a walk in nature, yoga, and then I leave space at least like two plus hours for me to just straight up brainstorm and start thinking of ideas, doing research, and usually by like the one hour mark of that is where all the ideas start coming in. Where in the past, I never even gave myself that amount of time for the ideas to come through. So that's usually like phase one. And and, and on that, it, uh, tell me about the when you're jotting down the ideas. Are you in front of your computer or are you like on your back porch with a notepad? Like, or does it look different each time? It's the back porch notepad vibe. Yeah, nice, you nice. you see it. Yeah, nice. that's usually I'm out there with like the notes app on my phone and I like sit in the lounge chair and like look out and like usually just getting in nature for me for that process too helps because it kind of like quiets the noise around me. 
So I'm able to really focus in. Yep. And and I because I, I, you you've alluded to that process and I'm going to we'll we'll keep going with like the full process but you've you, you've you've mentioned a little bit about that like kind of getting in your flow state and and I think the key thing to bring up is it could look different for everyone but I do think it's important to kind of like I feel like some for me the, my best ideas don't come when I'm sitting crouched over in my office behind the computer it's like there's too much stimulation there's there's too much other stuff that's pulling me from a good idea and how I get it is either going for a walk with my dog or shooting hoops. And I, I shoot basketball hoops and I shoot trick shots when I shoot them. So there's something like a little, it's like a physical, it takes my mind off of the immediate like thing that I'm trying to solve. And then and then the ideas start to come. It's a little weird thing, but I'm just mentioning that for our audience because it can like, I, I feel like you gotta find the way that works for you. Yes, absolutely. It's really like getting like back in your body too and yeah. just like getting into that zone. And everyone kind of has their different way of getting into this flow state. And for me, I was like, I just got to leave that space for it first and foremost, you know, instead yeah. of trying to just rush into it, be like, I have 20 minutes to come up with a viral idea. That's a lot harder to do. It is. It's a lot of pressure. And that's, that's usually when they don't, you don't get the ideas. So when you're writing the ideas, are they how dialed in all the ideas in that moment is it just like a brain dump or are you outlining them completely there in that session yeah so really what i'll do is i kind of section them off so i'll have ideas because a lot of my content just a little background is like I would have an Excel tip above my head and then I'd have a trending song and dance below it. So sometimes I get the hit for the trick, sometimes I get the hit for the song, and then sometimes I get the hit for both. So I usually have three lists going where I'm like, okay, tricks that I think are gonna go viral, songs and dances that like really hit and I wanna do. And then on the bottom is where I start kind of combining them together in ways that make sense, like create a drop down menu to drop it like it's hot by Snoop yeah. Dogg, like things like that where they kind of click. So I usually have those three lists going while I'm coming up with these different ideas and like learning about trends and seeing what's going on in the space. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then is that all you do on that day or do you then take those ideas and you start putting them in action? That's all I do on that day. It is the pure, creative, brainstorming like day. Sometimes I'll go off that day and then start doing some business planning, like some vision holding, things like that. Like I just kind of stay in that flowier state because I'm already in it. So it's like using that energy in its highest potential. Are you? Is there one day of a week that you're doing that on? Is it is it like a Sunday, a Monday? Is it, or is it? I'm I'm getting kind of into the details here, but uh, you know I I like to you know like like to get get into this stuff. Yeah, I mean it really depends. It really depends on like how my week's going, what I have to create, when I have to create it. So it kind of varies. I do like doing those on the weekends. Um, usually like a Sunday or like a Monday. Usually my energy is a little more in that flowy state yeah. on a Monday. For some, it also makes Mondays less daunting if you don't have meetings on Mondays too. You know? Totally, totally. I I love that day. I love the brainstorm day because there's yeah. it's like, um. I feel like that for me on my end, that, like that's the most fun is like, you know, coming up with the ideas and then it's just like, all right, which one of these ideas are the good ideas? So like wh what's the wh what's the next um, step in that process? Is it the following day? Then you look at this brain dump and then also while you're coming up with them, is there an amount of ideas that you're trying to produce each week, like a, like a, a quantity amount that you do have a range that you want to hit? Yeah, I mean, it's usually however many I get to, but normally I have usually at least 10 solid ideas before I go into the filming phase. So yeah. That's usually the second step is all the day where I do my hair, my makeup, all the things. I set up a little studio wherever I am, which now we just bought a house. But before this, I was living out of different Airbnbs every month. So I'd like build out a little studio. I flew with a ring light in my suitcase, a six foot yep. <laughs> retractable ring light. <laughs> and so I kind of build the studio. I get myself done. And then I get myself kind of into a flow state to be able to create. So for this, it's really important for me to have my energy in the right spot. So if you look low energy, if you look pissed off, if you look, you know, just off, the content isn't going to hit. So yep. I spend a lot of time getting myself into a spot where I'm super magnetic. And when I come through the camera, the content comes across the way I want it to. So I spend time... Sorry. Yeah. Well, give give me give me a quick tip on how to get in that in that magnetic state. Like, if if someone's listening and like, all right, I want the I want the I want to be able to do that in five ten minutes. Like, what what would you suggest them to do? 
Yeah. So for me, what I do is I meditate first. So to clear out any subconscious shit going on, just clear that out, get myself into a place where I'm super calm. And then for me, I usually dance. So I just love to dance in general. So I just start blasting music. I'm like riding around. I'm just getting so hyped up. It's like a concert for myself. And I'm just hyped, hyped, hyped. And then I go into the content like that. I do the same thing. I do a, I really? have a very similar thing before podcasts. I'll like dance around. Uh, I like you know I I uh or, you know I'll, I'll sometimes I'll watch stand up comedy just like to get like yeah. you know just like the fun vibes flowing. So you you dance around. Um, you do the meditation. What does the meditation look like? Is it a guided meditation or is it is it uh you're just listening to like you know like audio scapes or whatever? I do kundalini yoga. So that's the type of meditation I typically do every day. And it's kind of a mixture of mantra. It's mudra, which is like hand movements and things. It's like mantra, movement, chanting, all different things. And for me, that's been a lot easier to be able to tap out versus like sitting there closing my eyes, be like, I have to relax now. You know, (laughs) where for me, if I know there's certain like movements I need to be doing and mantras to be saying and things and like where to focus my gaze, like there's always these different steps where for me that allows me to just like tap right out. And I've been practicing since 2019 pretty consistently. So my body kind of knows it. So I just like tap right in. And in 20 minutes, I'm just totally shifted my energy field. So that's usually what I'll do first. And then the dance party commences. Yes. You know, and I and I when you I heard I heard you talk about that on another podcast, and I I love that you shared that because a lot of I think a lot of people that are on camera in some way, like whether they do that or not, there is a lot behind the scenes that like gets them into that like whether it's how they look, like their delivery, the setting, the behind the scenes, like even like even some some of my friends that like they'll do like more talking head camera, like like videos where they're just like in their car talking and it looks very casual. And they'll be like, no, I did that 27 times. <laughs> you know, yeah. like if there's a way more behind the scene that, that goes on. Some people, you know, they just, for whatever reason, they've figured out a way to like not have to do that. But for me, I, I, I relate to that because like I, I, even for mine, like people are like, yo, you look so casual. I'm like, I'm, you should have heard me. I did it. <laughs> you know, I was doing that for an hour just to sound that, that casual. Um, yeah. So you're 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 in the filming mode, and you you're going through. How long does that take? Uh, is this like can you bang these out in 20 minutes, or is it like three hours? You're in, you're in front of the ring light, or is it, does it vary? Yeah, I mean it's usually a, probably like a good two hours to get through okay. all the different pieces because I will reshoot until it hits. Like yeah. I'm very like yeah. nuts about like if I'm like mouthing out the words, if I'm rapping, like that thing will be lined up perfectly. Because if it's not, that's usually a way to just like cancel it out and know it won't go viral. Yeah. So for me, I just like will do it and do it and do it until I get the right hit, I get the right move, I get the right everything is right. And I kind of just go into it more so from an artistic perspective and be able to look at the content and be like, okay, would I want to watch this? Does this dance hit? Were my words right? Is everything there? And once I'm convinced I get like a good take or two, then I move on to the next one. And then is all of your content, is it, do you do any uh, talking on camera to your content or is it, is it mostly pointing, not, not pointing, but like guiding through like the, the diagrams that you show on the screen? I do a little bit of both now. So I've been doing yeah. some more recently with the talking ones too, which is like a totally different ball game. But yeah. it's been really cool kind of like switching up the content, seeing what helps people because some people love the dancing, some people hate the dancing. But it's the polarity of that which usually makes it go through the algorithm compared to anything else. I agree. I agree with you. So let's talk about that that algorithm. What do you think – what do you think wor- – like why does – why do you think your content works? Like what is it about the actual piece of content that you think – connects with people i think it's a few things so when i first started out on tiktok i remember looking around and was like no one is putting excel on tiktok like that's so interesting and really the way i took it and combined it with dancing was something so unique that people had never seen something like that so even if you didn't care about excel people were still commenting being like what is going on here so i think having that element of polarity is huge and that uniqueness but the important part is making sure that that uniqueness is authentically you 
So for me, I made a list of all the things I loved. I was like, I love Excel. I love to help people. I love to dance. What would it look like if I jammed all that in one piece of content? And that is really where it was able to take off because I was being authentic. People could sense that. And then it was also had an element of healthy polarity to it where it wasn't just something you would expect, which then drove the comments that originally got it into the algorithms and got me first trending on TikTok. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that there's something about that that um, it, yeah, it's like that juxtaposition of like, wait, uh, it's like educational. She's having a lot of fun, but it's doing it in a very TikTok-y uh, sort of way. Now, did that did because you have a big following on Instagram, too. And, and do you use a lot of the same like is it like you think TikTok first and then you repurpose those shorts for for Instagram reels? Or has there been a, a different strategy for how, how you grew that the Instagram account? It's really all the same stuff. So I just made sure I edited everything off the app so I don't have watermarks or anything. And that's kind of how I had gotten started to begin with. I was not, I still don't really know how to do anything in TikTok on an editing perspective. (laughs) I just do it all in like a separate video editor on my computer because I had to get the Excel screen on there. So you can't really do that from your phone to begin with. So for me, it was always just creating off the app and it made it really easy to repurpose as long as like I didn't pick, you know, a voiceover that was only on TikTok or something like that. You know, that's where it gets a little dicier trying to repurpose. But between, yeah, yeah, TikTok, Instagram, I now put it on LinkedIn, the occasional Twitter post, although Twitter is an entirely different piece that I've not really tapped yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay. I've like... Every time you answer something, I have like so many more questions because I think I think it's just fascinating because I think a lot of people, um, they want they're trying to figure out what you figured out. Like they want to they want to be able to connect with an audience in a way that feels true to them, too. Like sometimes they watch other people and they're like, oh, I'm just going to copy them. But then it doesn't work because like people can see through it. it doesn't it doesn't feel. But like when I look at your content. It like it doesn't feel forced. It feels like like she's stoked, like she's tapped into what she's trying to communicate to the world. Uh, and, and you do such a good job with it in, in short form content. Now, when you were um, OK, so you film it. Uh, what, what app are you editing, editing it, it in? Uh, is it like Adobe Premiere or is it just um, like uh uh, what was it? Cap Cap CapCut? I don't know. <laughs> CapCut's on your iPhone. So, yeah, what are you what are you editing on? I use WeVideo. So WeVideo. Never even I had, heard of it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I had Googled what is the easiest video editor at the time. I was starting this business out of my childhood bedroom after working my day job. I had no extra time on my hands, per se. And I had this vision of an Excel screen above my head. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get it there, but I'm going to figure it out. And I'm like, okay, if I record the screen in Zoom... And then I upload them both into this Wii video thing. And then I watched a YouTube video how to edit it. And then I got the screen up there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, this is pretty cool. And then I ended up just making more. Okay. And and okay. So you're editing the content. Is there, when you're editing, is there like a, um, a, length of time for each video that you're looking to hit like or do you think about any of that stuff or are you all like nah it's it's my energy that's going to carry this video or is there any bit of like all right it, it was at 22 seconds i need to get it down to 17 seconds is there any bit of that no it's really just like looking at where the song's supposed to end and how okay. fast i can get the information out to where someone could still understand it so it's, i'm usually complaining explaining pretty complex topics so yeah. for me and to be able to do simple. that yeah and like 15 seconds to explain how to do like the new x lookup function like i have to make it so it's long enough where people get it but it's short enough that it captures people's attention and you don't lose them so it's like this fine spot in between in the video editing process where i like sit with the content and i will watch it over and over and over and be like okay like this could be a millisecond longer this could be shorter to get it at that perfect sweet spot where you're not going to lose people's attention they may watch it again because it's like a little on the faster side but then also you want it to be slow enough where people can actually get it yeah now that i'm thinking about it that could be a big um you probably get a lot of watch time on your on your videos because it's it's fun but comp- like sometimes like complex concepts that people need to watch again or even download and save and and like t- to actually understand what, what you're teaching yeah yeah okay I'm, I'm i'm picking up what you're putting down um and then so publishing wise so you, you edit the video you go to publish it 
is there are are you is there like are you thinking like timing of day or are you just sending it like i'm gonna post one two three four you know one on monday two on wednesday like is there any schedule or are you just kind of going with what you feel I kind of go with what I feel. I go with like if the content's done or not. Like if I got super inspired and made a bunch of stuff, you know, I'll post every day. And then if, you know, I have things going on, I don't. I kind of just go with what fits into my lifestyle without the added pressure of like, you have to post every day, you know? And I mean, timing too. Like a lot of my audience is in Europe as well. So I usually kind of post in the morning-ish, like the 9 to 12-ish range to try to like hit the majority of my audience there just timing-wise. But... Yeah, it's really just what feels right. Because the whole thing with this business, I wanted to grow it to have freedom and to have fun. So if it ever gets to the point where it's not allowing me to have freedom and fun, then that's what I don't want. So for me, it's just really keeping the business in a spot where it just enhances my life. Yeah, okay. Do you And do you think, how do you feel about TikTok right now or Instagram? Do you, do you think that there's still room if someone wants to, you know, maybe they're at, couple thousand followers right now and and they're like really feeling inspired is there still room on these on these apps and these short form video content to be able to to build a following oh hell yes there is always room there are people going viral every single day it's a matter of just getting yourself in the game and going for it and like there's no time like the present i always (laughs) say with those things and and what's the biggest misconception about uh, when people from the outside look in, look at your success on you know, through short form video, what is the biggest misconception you think um, about what it took to be successful in using short form content? I think it's really when people try to make it super quantitative and like put mm. it in the box where a lot of the stuff that I do and still continue to do is much more on an energetic level than people give it credit for. They're like, you must have hustled, da-da-da-da. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, like there were times where like when it's time for me to bust it out, like I will do it and I will sit (laughs) and do a 12-hour day. But like the majority of what I do has been just so easy. And like that's the part that people don't understand that like it doesn't have to be hard. And people kind of like latch onto this idea that like entrepreneurship's a struggle and it has to be hard. And if you're not struggling, like – That's not what I signed up for. I signed up to create the dream life for myself. And I built a business around that. And my whole business has been still to this day, purely inbound leads from every press outlet to every corporate deal to every partnership, working with Microsoft. Everything has just flowed into my inbox through doing work on me to get myself to a place where I knew I was at that level to be able to call that in. So it's really like coming in from this perspective where a lot of people try to like be like oh well she did this and like studying my every moves of when I post and when I do that I'm like that's just all my intuition like I'm not you know I don't track things I have people yelling at me all the time they're like where'd this lead come from I'm like I don't know like I just (laughs) got the hit intuitively to post and I did and made a bunch of money and that's that you know but like I think a lot of people are trying to always like put me in the in the box and like analyze it and I'm like yeah you know it's funny yeah, yeah, I know. I think was it? I think it was you that mentioned that. Um, it's probably you. You talked about how people, um, a lot of like the people that teach, uh, you know, short like social media, right? They try to take these things. Like it's easy to say like post four times, like because they're trying to package like a way to be successful. But there's really just much more to that. Like, like one the one thing I keep coming back to, um, and I I say it a lot. Like, I look at a lot of my favorite creators, and a lot of it has to do is they just have a genuine curiosity around the subject that they create content around, and that powers them. That gives them that energy when everyone else is is lagging and like not inspired. Like, they keep finding ways to make it fun because they have this genuine curiosity about it. Is that is, is that along the same lines of what you're thinking oh, about? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really all in the authenticity of what yeah. you're doing. And like it has to be something you genuinely love and you want to create content for. Like in my head, like I'm an artist and like these videos are my art and this is my creative expression. So for me to be able to create things, nothing lights me up more. And then with that, with what you were saying, it's like a lot of people try to make it like an instruction pamphlet. But like there is no instruction pamphlet to life and following yeah. your dreams. And yeah. like everybody wants an instruction pamphlet, but the instructions were get scrappy I just got scrappy and figured things out if I didn't know how to do something I never sat back and was like oh I don't know how to video edit oh I don't know how to grow business I don't know how to make a sales funnel like I figured that out you know like if you want something 
you don't have to wait on people, wait on things. Like I just, we have the internet, we have information at our fingertips, you know? So it's like, we don't need to wait for the instruction pamphlet. We can just go out there and get the information ourselves and act. Let's go. So well said. And then you <laughs> talked about how you, you look at it, you're an artist. Do you see your business as, as part of that art? Oh, yeah. It, it's really yeah. all a dance for me, just creating content, building things. Like, I am so satisfied when I, like, create something and I'm able to, like, see it. Like, for me, that is just, like, it brings me such a deep level of joy. And then also just, like, the entrepreneurship angle. I've always kind of been doing stuff like this. Like, when I was in kindergarten, I was selling paper fortune tellers in the cafeteria. <laughs> I've tried, you know, making, like, a clothing line. and call Like, I was always kind of doing these little, like, entrepreneurial yeah. things. So for me to finally, like, link up that, to like link up something where I create and I get paid and I get, you know, like people appreciate the things that I'm creating. There is no better feeling to be able to just create something that helps somebody, you know? And then and then, what is the majority of your business right now? Is it your digital products? That, is, is that the majority of the business? Or is it, uh, you know, speaking, consulting engagements, brand deals? Like, can you give like a kind of a percentage breakdown of what it looks like? Yeah, I mean, I'd say like 90% at this point is passive course sales. So I make the courses once, they're evergreen, and I just sell them. I'll usually do like a webinar, like two or three a month, like all like back to back. Um, to, and those are my high heavy sales days. And then I have an ads team that pushes out the courses. They just organically come in every day. And then on the side, I also do like corporate training. So Excel, like I do live virtual sessions as more of like a very high ticket item. Cause I'm really trying yep. to stay away from any trading time for money activities. And I feel you on that. <laughs> oh yeah. And I mean, I do keynote speaking as well. So I started stepping into the motivational space. So people have been bringing me on to like speak with their companies, get them hyped. So that's something I've also been doing, teaching on energetics, manifestation, how to work with the mind, how to tap into a creative flow state. I've been teaching on that too. So that I'd say is like 10% of what I do, but really my bread and butter is like creating courses, creating things that help people, creating the content, and then really just scaling it. Yeah, and you talked about the, the webinar. Um, the, I, I, I would love to talk more about that and, and how the role that that plays in your business. Is that essentially like the bridge from your organic audience that you're building to, to uh, getting course sales? Yeah, yeah. So the webinars, like I'd always heard that they were big in core sales and I didn't start doing it until April of 2021. So I hadn't even made my first six figures yet in the business. Yeah. And April 2021 was when I did my first webinar. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I didn't understand like that it was able to like generate that much income in like such a short period of time. Cause I'd only been seeing, you know, just like the organic yeah. sales coming through, you know? And then I really honed in on that process. And I'm like, what can I do to make these one hour sessions deliver as much value as possible? And then also in turn show people, hey, do you want to continue learning with me? And this is kind of what it would look like and building offers around that, bundling things together. I whipped out nine more courses in two months. I would like film everything, video edit everything, just got in the zone. And I was like, this would be, I had a lot of people being like, you need a thousand dollar offer. Everything's too low ticket. So I'm like, all right, I will just bundle eight courses together for 9.97. And so I made the eight courses to bundle together. You will, okay, okay. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I don't know where to start here. Um, okay, the, the webinar. Uh, let, let's maybe go to the, you know, let's talk about the courses first and then like, we'll, we'll loop in the webinar. How do you like, all right, what, what, let, let's say this because a lot of people want to start create a course. They're like, I have this knowledge. I have this information. People come to me for it. I don't know how, like, like how do I structure this into a thing that I'm confident about selling to people? Like what are the three things people need to know about? turning your knowledge into an informational product like a course? Is there like something that you've learned over making these nine courses and these smaller ticket and higher ticket offers? Yeah, I mean, biggest block we have on this one is ourselves. And I see people get stuck in this spot all the time where it's like, they outline the course. That's the first step, right? I pour everything out that I wanna teach. Then I'll sit with it and organize it in a way that makes most sense. 
And then I sit with it and I just infuse it with as much creativity and fun as possible. My courses are the least boring courses on the market. And I will Ooh, sit there that's and a claim. That's a good that's oh, a bold it claim. Is, I like I, it. I will smack <laughs> that claim every day. And <laughs> I go. sit and like I, you know, like I'm teaching Excel, but I'm taking people on like field trips out in Sedona. We run a hiking boot company. Here's your hiking boots. Here's the yeah. data. Like I do like wheel of functions, like wheel of fortune. I have a big wheel of fortune yeah. screen behind me, like teaching the functions. Like I just do all different things to keep people captivated so they're actually learning. So that's where, you know, the courses really turn into my art form as well. So I'll sit with that outline and I've really streamlined the process now with having to make nine so quickly is I can do an 100 video course in a week from mapping out the content will usually take me a day to infuse with the creativity, map it out. I'll take two days to film it. So like two six hour days, about 12 hours content. I get into a flow state where I really, I don't script anything. Everything just kind of comes out. I'll like plan the workbook in advance when I'm mapping out the course, but I just kind of get into this flow state where it makes editing really easy too. Somehow it just always works out. And then I usually take another like three days to edit it and like a last day there to maybe like package it up if I need it. You're a legend. You're a legend. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Um, um, Yeah, because like, I, I gotta be honest, I have like a bunch of like, I got probably got like 17 like half-baked course ideas and like I starred them but I think I just had to like and anyone else is listening I'm sure they have you know a lot of people have a similar thing where it's like oh I don't really know I think you just got to commit to that one idea do that brain dump film it that that's the biggest thing I'm like like okay when you're filming it um is it a screen share are you doing a screen share or is it you just talking to a camera straight up and like you're kind of looking at your outline and like so you said you, you don't script it like but you have an outline like okay this this section and then you just kind of talk through it and then afterwards you're editing on top of that editing like the, the images or you're yeah tell me the process for filming <laughs> yeah so what i do <laughs> is you're like tom this is exactly what i said people n- not need to worry about but you're asking <laughs> me all these questions <laughs> no these are these are things i have learned like tricks of the trade so yeah, i film yeah, yeah, everything yeah. on tricks, my iphone tricks. i film everything Let, on my iphone you're playing with me uh-huh you film oh my gosh that makes my day that i pop the day. iphone right where the camera would be of the computer so i have that there and i'm pretty close to it so it's quality sound video i always get the newer iphones cameras on these things are great and super easy for if you need whip out courses quickly and so you got the camera up there and then I also record my screen with no video on it so I have two tracks I got one with my screen as I'm clicking around and then I got clear video because the webcam video is not that good so I'll get like crystal clear video and crystal clear sound up here and then I overlay the two tracks and sometimes I'm bigger in full screen I'll shrink myself in the corner when I need to show things and that gives me the ability to edit stuff in that's such a scrappy way of doing it. Like, like you would think, and your course, I mean, you probably made a, a, at least a million dollars from your courses up oh, to yeah. this point. Like, I don't even know the exact number, but like the fact that you can make over a million dollars from filming a course with nothing but your iPhone is like the the coolest creator story that, that, <laughs> that you can imagine. Because everyone wants to wait. Like, like I see a lot of people, They'll want like they'll have this course idea, but like, oh no, I gotta film it in a studio. I need the perfect mic. I need the you know all the lighting. But like, no, you need the information. It's about the mm-hmm. transformation that you're bringing to your audience. Now, is there like, like th- that's the thing that I I sort of get hung up on is like, when I think about the course, it's like I want to brain dump everything so then it doesn't really get them to that transformation that they're looking for like it's like hard for me to narrow down a specific subject you think about like that part of the the, the, like is that like one of the most key parts in the process is like all right like actually getting them an outcome which probably makes sense yeah i mean with excel too it's something so like technical that it's like but my big thing too kind of what you were saying was like i mapped everything out but then you need to like batch things off, create separate courses, and then you come back in with the bundle. Like that was with my first Excel course. Uh, I almost made the mistake of pouring everything into it, including VBA, which could be its own standalone course for $100 more than the original one. So there's just so much in Excel. So I peeled that off, built an advanced course. I have a dashboard mini course and an Excel course, all in the Excel sphere. And then that's just added value in there. So really going in there and just in terms of like making sure people learn, like it's such a technical skill that you'll learn it once, but then I give everyone lifetime access to everything. So they use it as an ongoing resource as well. Okay. And then what are your main offers right now as far as courses goes? 
Yeah, so I think I've and, ten. And, and, pro, and pro, oh, you've ten. Or what are the main ones that um, bring in the most? Bring in the bucks. Yeah. So <laughs> or do, they, do they all? Do they all equally bring in the bucks? <laughs> so what I did first, I started with an Excel course. Then I made yeah. an advanced one. How much? How much? Excel is two ninety seven. Advanced yeah. is three ninety seven. Okay. Then I was in a spot where I was like, okay, everyone wants the rest of the office suite. So in October, I started selling of, of last year, so 2021, I started selling a bundle with Excel, including Word, PowerPoint, Outlook, OneNote, Teams, 997. Uh, I made them by January, but I started yeah. selling them in October. When you do that, that is what puts the fire under you to get these courses out. So like I had yeah. things moving and grooving with that. But really, it's that bundle that sells the most because it's eight like courses for the price of like three when you're going through there pricing wise because yep. each one's either yep. 297 397 i got some mini courses in there so that i'd say is my main selling one i also have a google sheets course that a lot of people like to add on a lot of people use both and then i yeah. recently like two weeks ago came out with a student course for students 12 and up in the online version of these products so they can do it on like their chromebooks if they're given those from school so it's the free version and then half of it also is soft skills so resume writing email etiquette professionalism Ooh. like mike and i are out here doing like fashion shows teaching this is business casual this is casual friday this is business professional like made it so fun it's like obviously a kids course i could go like to the edges of my creativity for the yeah. kids so it's students 12 and up so i whipped that one out and like partnering with schools on that and like really just kind of creating whatever people need has been my main thing but really staying in the microsoft sphere as well yeah okay and then do you have because i had a question and then i had another question <laughs> i'll go to, i'll go to the other question what does your team look like right now yeah so it's actually changing quite rapidly for the first i think it was like a year and a half yeah, a year and a half, it was just me doing everything. And then I got to a point where I had over 10,000 students. Customer service was all me. And I was answering any Excel questions any of my students sent me. So oh that was starting to kind of like chip ten, away. 10,000 students? Yeah. And it just grows by the day. And <laughs> whenever insanity. they have questions, like I help them and I try to keep my customer service like at this high level where I'm like quickly returning answers to questions. And it, that's where the first task I was doing with the business where I'm like, hmm, this is probably not a good use of my time. So yep. I hired my amazing assistant, Tika, who is in my emails now. So we have Tika who goes in and does all my customer service now. I also okay. have another virtual assistant in the Philippines named Jean, who is incredible and helps with basically making all the templates that I'll use on social media. So like real covers, like if I have yep. a sale, like she'll create that stuff. And it's so nice. I just like open Canva and there's all these things I could use. Yep. So she's amazing. Got Rockney, and then um, I retire hired my mom um, a couple weeks ago, Beautiful. so that's been sweet. Yeah, it's been just really special. And then Mike, my boyfriend, as of last weekend, we just brought him on full time to do like CFO role type stuff and VP of sales. So he was like a number one ranked sales rep in North America, he crushes it in sales. And we had this moment where I was like, He's hired. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? Like, he has his own sales consulting company, too. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, if you applied your magic to Miss Excel, like, we will scale the hell out of this thing. So we had this yeah. moment. So, yeah, we're super excited. So he's now on full time. And then I also have an ads team. So I have outsourced to a third party doing, like, Facebook ads and, you know, all it's an omnipresence thing. So they do all the ad stuff. I have a team building out an NFT project for me right now. So I just started signing contracts and working with them. And then I have another team that's been doing like website development and stuff. So now what I've been really trying to do is kind of step more into that CEO role and like outsource more things like that. I'm yeah. hiring a video editor right now. I'm in the process of accepting the applications. But up to this point, you've been doing all the editing still? Yeah. yeah. For the courses too? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah so, so 
Uh, that, that, a, that was my question. I remember what the question was. That was the question. It was about the edit, like if you still had, if you were still doing all the editing for the yeah. videos in your courses. Each course is three days. So for yeah. me, it was like by the time I grab someone, train them, I'm so specific with the courses. Like I need a hamburger to pop up for three seconds at this thing to like get this analogy across. Like for me to write all that out, I'm so good with by, it. I would just whip it out. But by now. By the time you write yeah. it out, you're like, I could have done it. <laughs> exactly. And like financially, it made the most sense. But yeah. then now, especially with like, I want to ramp up content. I've like seen like my LinkedIn's been starting to blow up. I'm like, that needs more attention. Like I just really want to ramp up content creation. And that's where I'm looking to bring somebody in. And then also I'm working on a lot of like projects right now where I need to edit things and quickly. So to have, you know, someone who understands like my style of content and who really gets Excel, that's a big part of the qualifications to be able to work with me on that, I think will just allow me to scale my content yeah and i think that it, the cool part is you've built like a bunch of templates because you've built the, the examples that you can show them like this is yeah. my style and like they'll you can you know you could run a couple quick projects with video editors and see who gets your style and uh, yeah. and they'll be able to take that off your plate real quick yeah okay so the, the the course so like people land on the course oh yeah is there for your best-selling offers is there how much of a live component is there with your courses or are all of them self-paced there's zero there's zero yeah so i wanted everything to be completely like scalable passive so everything is evergreen saved in there especially with the technical skill set it kind of makes the most sense to allow people to go in whenever they want i do have a private facebook group for my course members so in there there you know if they have questions and things or they write questions on the videos but you're not needed they're just like they can fly fly by themselves i want to be able to go to europe and go off the grid (laughs) (laughs) that's what we're gearing up toward right now like summer in italy let's go (laughs) same are are you in any sort of because i know that there's a lot of okay no you know i want to go into the webinar thing um tell me because we talked that we we, all right the products there so how do you promote the how do you think about like how do you know that a webinar is like a good sales hook right like how do you how do you position it in a way that you know people want to do that webinar that leads to like the sale without giving out too much information without you know like how do you yeah um, how do you think about your webinar yeah I mean so for me I just kind of go in with it with providing as much value as possible Excel okay. is such a vast topic and it is also the top selling course sales subject which i did not know and in getting into this industry it's uh, always the number not, one selling not, course not topic. a bad space to be the go-to yeah. person for <laughs> yeah so it really like there's always so much to teach and usually what i'll do is like i give them like tastes of things where i'm like okay like we're gonna do this piece of conditional formatting but there's also 50 other things we could do and i get into that in all my courses okay. and so i kind of just give them i ask the, my audience what they're most interested in and i build these presentations around it where it's like you Usually 10 minutes of me in the beginning just introducing myself, explaining why Excel is so important. I kind of have this like flow that I do. And then you probably have it down pat at this point too. Yeah. yeah, I've been I've been teaching Excel. I taught at my day job for four and a half years before yeah. this on the side. So like I've been teaching Excel for so long that just kind of like I don't prep. I just sit down and the whole thing just I've done it so many times. But like the I do like a little intro that explains like me why I'm passionate about Excel, how Excel can help them like and it goes into this um, 40 minute like power packed Excel lesson where people's minds are blown. They're like, oh my gosh, there's so much I didn't know. I love her teaching style. I love her energy because that's kind of a taste of what my course are like and I tap into a lot of different areas to kind of just open people up and really they're in this state where they're like so tapped in and so paying attention that when I come out with the offer at the end which I tell them in the beginning too this is another big piece I learned is like you have your impulse buyers that are maybe like 30% that you would get at the end if you just drop the discount at the end be like it expires but if you tell people in the beginning you also get those intentional buyers who will think about it the whole time and be ready to purchase so mm. I will like drop that in at the beginning, like, hey, I'm going to be straight up with you. There's going to be the largest discount code I ever give on my courses at the end of this, just heads up for that. And then I dive in. And then at the end, I just give them a massive offer where they're like, it, it, it's a no brainer offer. That's really what I built. 
And for them, it's like the discount code lasts 24 hours. But if you purchase while we're on it, you get an added freebie in there, which then pushes people. And then really like sometimes people will be like, I need to ask my boss if they'll reimburse me. I'm like, if you're late waiting to ask your boss, like feel free to purchase now. Take advantage of the discount. I will give you a full refund. No questions asked if your boss won't pay for it. And I just make Mm. it like a really easy yes. Yeah. And then, okay. So when people is it the same one essentially every single time like like you do like sort of the same it's the same webinar do you do them live each week or are they pre-recorded so i do once a month i'll do usually i'll do like two or three different date and times and i'll do once a month i started once a quarter but then i decided i wanted a house in sedona so (laughs) i started doing them once a month and they still fill up every month so i'm like okay so i do once a month and i'll do usually like three sessions i'll get around like five thousand ish people to register for each of the three i use webinar jam because i can hold that capacity and the same day the same day or like it's back-to-back days i usually do like a thursday friday saturday and i'll give like three different times for time zones my audience is kind of all over and then i yeah i do the three webinars and that's usually my main three days of like working over the month like where i'm like generating the sales which you basically have memorized and you could do with your eyes closed at this point And then are you pushing it to the same – is it like one of your offers that is like the keystone offer that you're push, that you're kind of promoting on that? Or is it kind of like these are all of them, do whatever you want, or is there like one that is like kind of the main sales pitch? The highest ticket one's usually the sales pitch, like the one yeah. with all the – because <laughs> yeah, 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 at that yeah. point with the discount I give, it's eight courses for the price of one and a half where it just okay. becomes so obvious that like that's the one you need to pick. But if someone's had their eye on a particular one, the discount code works across everything. And you're getting around – uh, how, how are you promoting it? Are you promoting it on, all on TikTok and Instagram? Mm-hmm. I just post about it. Usually I'll make a reel and a post and I'll start promoting it 10 days out. Yeah. And I and hit the email list too. I hit the email list. And your email list, if you're getting around 5,000 per signups per, per webinar, I imagine your, your email list is kind of booming at this point yeah, too. Yeah, it's around like 100,000. Okay, so you're sitting on a, a pretty good following, and this, there's a lot of people in there. Are you doing anything besides the webinars with your email list? Is there like a like a newsletter of resources that you're doing, or is it the meeting it... I have right after this one is building out my newsletter? Okay, well, <laughs> in well, progress. Know, but I mean, but at the same time, you're still you know you are you're teaching to them directly you you know through the webinar, and they're already warm leads like yep. they've signed up for this specific thing. So that's a very uh, it's a strong. Um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity within that, that email list. I can imagine. Um, okay. So the webinar closing money, money, how do you like, like you're making a good, a bit of money, like, like, like a lot of creators. Um, okay. One, was this your thinking with the brand at the beginning? Like sort of, did you have a digital product in a course in mind? Because a lot of people, like a lot of my audience, their main source of income is, is brand deals right now. And that is something that is not entirely sustainable it's not that fun uh you know because you have to like you're essentially have another boss every time you do a brand deal and you have to and like so they're looking for other ways to to make money like were you thinking that like a digital product was the direction that you want to take your brand at the beginning yeah i mean i don't do really any brand deals or partnerships i only partner with microsoft at this point and doing like campaigns and stuff with them like you set the bar pretty high (laughs) at this point because it doesn't make sense for me financially like the amount of time it takes for me to like create the content do the things and like kill myself in the algorithm because obviously it doesn't want to push that because you're not paying instagram to push it yeah so it's just like it's it's not a value add for me anymore so i really stopped doing them unless it's with microsoft and for me like I just didn't even go in with that like mentality though. It was actually, it was funny. Right when I started the business, I was surrounded by a lot of business coaches and all my friends were business coaches, spiritual coaches. And I just kind of followed their business model. I met these two women who had both retired their husbands and started making millions of dollars. And they were both teachers before this and started business coaching and crushed it in like two years. And they were my role models with this. It's um, Jess Glazer and Jen Kennedy. And I was like, whoa, what are you doing? And I met them right before I started really making money with this. And I was like taking notes with them and like really being like, whoa. And I kind of just followed that business model where they had coaching programs. So for me, I'm like, I'll make Excel programs. And instead of doing the influencer route, I just really went more of like building a business around having digital products and scaling those. 
Now, now, talk to me about like I have so, I have so many freaking questions. Um, the now that you're making money, um, and, and and it's awesome that you have these mentors, these business coaches that like have made a lot of money. I think a lot of creative people have a resistance to making money. It almost mm-hmm. they almost feel like they it like like they shouldn't be like like it detracts from their art. Is there any like money mindset stuffs that you would tell creatives that you you like they have what it takes to to do what you're doing to to build an audience to 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 you know get get money in return for the the value that they're providing but there's like a mental thing that's holding them back because they feel like they shouldn't be making money as a creative or an artist money's energy and yeah. all we're doing is ramping that up money's energy that's the way i look at it all and like yeah. your frequency's high your energy's high the money's just attracted to you and it's really a byproduct like i don't go out into any of this to make impact but the more impact i make just so happens the more money i make and then the more yeah. money i make the more impact i can make right and so the like, more free time you have mm-hmm. to give that energy to other people and provide yep. that value yeah it really like if i wasn't making money doing this i would still be working my day job 50 hours a week and, and you wouldn't be giving as much to the like that would be a disservice to the world exactly. all of the people that are getting value from from the courses that 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 and products that you're creating yeah are there podcasts that you recommend any podcasts um or podcasts uh or any like sources of like i feel like you you you're tapped into some of like the the similar marketing um people that like i might be interested in are there any like go-to sources where you're like you talked about your business coaches uh yeah. is there any any direction that you would send to people for um for some of the stuff that ha- has helped you make some of these these key decisions yeah i mean from a strategy there's like kind of two perspectives because i'd say 50 percent of what i do is more of like the woo woo energy space i love it and for me the expanded podcast was the one that really opened yeah. up my mind and like taught me how to tap into my subconscious and i've gone through their programs before and then from more of like a business strategy perspective the russell brunson book.com secrets was really a big playbook for me with building really? out like my funnels and things yeah yeah so that I would okay. definitely recommend too. And then if someone's like needs help on the mindset piece and it's like kind of rewiring the mind, which is something that a lot of people don't realize we can do. Like over a two month period, I went from like having an anxiety disorder, hating attention on me to dancing on TikTok to a left function. <laughs> and if I can do it, anyone can do it. So it's exactly. the book, um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza was Perfect. in the first hundred pages changed my life and brought to me the science behind the law of attraction that my little logical mind here needed to understand the whole think positive good things will happen narrative like sounded great but you know my conscious mind was like um so for me but but how does this actually work and then you're like okay i know it does now i'll just trust it Mm -hmm. and that really opened the doors for me that book beautiful hey cat thank you so much for being on the show thank you this was actually this was an action-packed conversation and i like for each topic, I was like, man, I have so many. <laughs> but, but I, I think I I love the I, I love the brand that you're creating, Miss Excel. Um, the the web, what is the website? It's Miss uh, Miss excelcom Miss Excel. So if if you want to follow along and you want to see you know the touch points of her brand, go check that out. If you want to, if you're interested in um in in the courses, check them out. Watch her webinar. Go through all the stuff. Um, Kat, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. This was so fun.